Hey, it's me, Gavin Crawford. Every week, I'll quiz comedians about the headlines. Do you worry about kids being exposed to drag? I grew up going to see men in dresses singing every Sunday and we had to give them money, okay? <laughs> I wish they were singing show tunes and had some makeup on their hair done, right? It would have been way better. If the news has you screaming into the void, we can help with that. Because news is available on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan. And you have heard me talk plenty about Accent on Toronto leading up to that show in October. Today we play our first two sets from that live show. Kicking us off, a man who ain't from around these parts, as he will make abundantly clear. Here is... John Mostyn. How's it going, everyone? How's it going? Yeah. Good to be here. My name is John Mostyn. I'm originally from Glasgow in Scotland. Thank you very much. I uh, got recently got permanent residency of Canada. Yeah. Thank you. They make it very hard to become an immigrant here in this country, to become a permanent resident, right? Check this out. Before I could even apply for permanent residency, I had to sit and pass an English language test. (laughs) If you weren't paying attention two seconds ago, I'm from Scotland, (laughs) where the national language is English. I've only spoke English my entire life. The Canadian government knows that and was like, prove it, buddy, you know? <laughs> Do you know how much pressure there is to pass an English language test when you've only ever spoke English your entire life <laughs> and your whole life here in Canada depends on it? That's so much pressure. Because if you don't pass the English language test, you can't apply for permanent residency. So I was worried if I failed, I would get sent back home to Scotland. Do you know how embarrassing that would be? (laughs) Just back in Glasgow, all my friends are confused. They're like, "Uh, what are you doing back here in Scotland, John? I thought you were living in Canada. What happened to that? And I'd just be like, well, funny story, actually. Uh, As it turns out, I don't know how to speak English. (laughs) And it was hard. It was hard. The whole time I'm like, do I know how to speak English? (laughs) But I passed anyway, right? And then I applied for permanent residency, right? And I was working my way through the application form. And one of the questions they ask you is they say they want you to provide evidence of the last 10 years of employment. Nosy bunch of Canadian immigration. Mind your own business, you know? (laughs) Very hard as a professional stand-up comedian in Canada to prove your income. I phoned up the CRA, I was like, uh, do you t- accept photocopies of unused drink tickets? You know, right? <laughs> but I have had a lot of jobs, I've had a lot of jobs, and I was working my way through all my old jobs, and I forgot about this, but when I first moved to Canada, I worked at Tim Hortons for half an hour. <laughs> 30 minutes, and I was like, oh, I'm done here, you know? Here's what happened, I moved to Canada, didn't know anyone, didn't know what Tim Hortons was, got a job downtown Toronto in one of those underground food courts, you know the ones we're talking about, in the path. 
We all know what the path is. Everyone in Toronto, we all know what the path is. Not one person in Toronto knows how to use the path. Not one. <laughs> Very confusing, terrifying place. If I can't see the CN Tower, I am panicking, you know what I mean? Once you go in, you can't get back out. Doesn't matter what direction you're walking in the path, it is the wrong direction. The whole time I'm down there being like, why are there so many rec cells down here, right? Just to... <laughs> so I get a job there, right? Tim Hortons in the path, Monday morning, nine o'clock. They don't give me any training, by the way. They just toss me in. It's just me, a bunch of other immigrants. They can't speak English. I can barely speak English, yeah? <laughs> We're all freaking out. They put me on the front counter and opened up the shutter and there's like a hundred Canadian people that haven't had coffee yet, right? <laughs> that is a terrifying sight for a new immigrant, right? It's like the walking dead of just like double, double. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, right? I'm so scared. <laughs> First woman in line, she comes up to me. She goes, um, what kind of Timbits do you have? To which I replied, what the hell are Timbits? <laughs> I had no idea. Look in her face was amazing. She's like, Timbits. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. She's like, Timbits. And I'm like, lady, I just passed my English language test. That is not words. She got so mad as well. She's like, can I speak to the manager? And I'm like, I think I'm the manager. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> and then she went, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, agreed. And then we both left him horns never to replay again. You know? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. I have... Um, I have traveled all over the world. Not bragging, I just have, you know. I, uh, there's a stereotype of Canadian people across the globe as being super nice. That's what people say about Canadians across the world. However, that's not been my experience living here in Toronto. Not exactly super nice, super passive-aggressive. <laughs> what is wrong with everyone here, you know? This happened to me recently. I was getting on the subway, 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I was going to work, Ossington Station, if you need a visual, right? And uh, I went up to the little guy, right, the little booth guy, and I went up to pay my fare. I go up to him, I pull out a $5 bill, I put it down, very politely I say to him, may I have some change, please? And this guy doesn't do anything. He just stares at me like I've ruined his day of doing nothing, you know? <laughs> and I have no idea what's going on. I've just woken up. This is my first human interaction of the day, 
right? So I don't know what to do, so I just do this. I just stare back at him. <laughs> and now we're just two men staring into each other's eyes for no reason whatsoever. Till finally he says, I'm not a mind reader. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> not sure exactly what you want me to do with that information, but good for you, you know? And he says it again, he goes, I'm not a mind reader. And now, not only am I confused, I'm annoyed. I'm like, buddy, I know you're not a right mind reader. You work for the TTC for crying out loud. <laughs> we go back to staring into each other's eyes. Weeks go by. There's a line forming behind me. I can hear everyone tutting, you know. Till finally, he breaks the silence. And he points down at my $5 bill and he says, you're going to have to tell me what you want with that because I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> Danforth Music Hall, I lost it. I lost it. I was like, buddy, I know you're not a mind reader, but you don't have to be a mind reader to know what I want with that $5 bill. In fact, it's very easy to know what I want with that $5 bill. In fact, if you don't, can't remember what your job entails, it's actually in your job description, fair collector. I come along, I give you the money, you give me the change, I put it in the box, it disappears, I go through the barrier, down the stairs, into the underground choo-choo, and off I go. Next person comes along, same thing happens. I'm trying to get to a job that I hate. You're already a job you hate. Why are you making this harder than it has to be for the both of us? <laughs> now, I'll be honest, I didn't say that to him, but I gave him a look that implied that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> and this guy wasn't done ruining my day yet, right? He leans into his little microphone and he says, this is my microphone. And then just beside my bum, there's a little speakery thing and he goes, that's your microphone. <laughs> this is how we communicate. <laughs> and I was like, really, this is what this is about? But I was like, you know what? I'm a bigger man. I'm just trying to get to work. Good for you, buddy, right? So I just lean down into the mic and I say, may I have some change, please, <laughs> right? And he goes, certainly, there you go, like that. Just throws it down, right? And then he goes, see, wasn't that hard, was it? And then he swivels his chair like, checkmate, buddy, you know? <laughs> and I swear to God, that triggered something inside of me, right? Because <laughs> that's the thing, I'm from Glasgow, right? If you don't know, Glasgow is the knife crime capital of Europe. <laughs> Every single Glaswegian person is a psychopath, including me. <laughs> you do not want to mess with Scottish people, you know? So I have two voices in my head. One's like, just leave it, John, just leave it. It's ob he's obviously having a bad day. Just leave it, go to work, just leave it, right? And the other voice in my head, the Glasgow voice is like, go into that booth, bang open the doors, drag him out, punch him like, stop being so annoying, you know? <laughs> But I decided, I decided not to do either of those things. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play him at his own game, right? Right, this is what I did, right? So he swivels round, and I lean down, tap on the microphone. <laughs> and he turns round. And now I pretend to be a foreigner who's never used the TTC before. <laughs> I look down at the money, and I look back up at him, and I go... So what do I do now? 
And he goes, put the money in the box. And he goes to turn away. And I go, well, he could have told me I'm not a bloody mind reader. Thank you so much, guys. I've been John Marston, John Rester Show. That is John Mostyn. His album, which I cannot name on CBC Radio, is available online when you search for his name. Winnipeg. In less than five days, Laugh Out Loud will be in your city. It's been about eight years since we last recorded there, so we're making this count. We'll be at the Gas Station Arts Centre on Wednesday, November 22nd, with a great lineup that includes Paul Robloskis, Danielle Kayahara, Emmanuel Lamuro, Mike Green, and more. To get your tickets for this show, head to our website now, cbc.ca slash laughoutloud. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of the Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at the Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to the comedy. Next up is a man who you can see on stages across the country and on television comedies like Shelved on CTV and What We Do in the Shadows on FX. From the Danforth Music Hall, here is Chris Sandiford. Ooh, Carnegie Hall, how we feeling tonight? It's the radio, they don't know, they don't know. Theater of the mind. You gotta be smart, theater of the mind, folks. There it is, Toronto, huh? There it is, the greatest city in the GTA, I've always said. <laughs> I've always said it. No, you know. I'm, uh, yeah, you gotta have money to live here. I, got, I finally got a little money. Finally got a little money. I love it like a woman. I love my money. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to invest. I'm trying to grow it. I'm trying to invest. Um, it turns, like, I don't know the first thing about investing, it turns out. But as it happens, you don't need to know anything. The bank called me out of the blue and said, Mr. Sandiford, we see that you are no longer treading water. <laughs> We're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you bugged my phone? I don't. It's like, they were like, hey, yeah, you want to come in and, you know, talk investing? And I'm like, okay. So I, I go to the bank. I take the meeting about investing. You know, like, I think that I'm a smart guy, but you know you're dumb when the people in, like, talk teaching you a concept have to use dumber and dumber metaphors to make sure it gets through to you. Like an hour into the meeting, the guy said, well, you know, investing's like you're a squirrel, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, slow down, slow down. <laughs> it's like you're a squirrel and you're gathering nuts, you know? And that's the voice he's using too. And I'm like, but it helps, it helps me listen. You're gathering nuts and you put it over here for the winter, but then when you get to the winter, you got more nuts. And I'm like, okay, it's magic. Why didn't you just say it was magic? Okay, I'm in, I'm in. Here's all my money, I'm in. Except two years later, I have fewer nuts. Yeah, 
I'm so mad about this. So have you ever, like, I, I made another meeting with the bank. This literally, has happened two weeks ago. I made another meeting with the bank. I'm like, have you ever psyched yourself up for a meeting so that you are mad at it? I'm like, Chris, first word, go in there. You walk in there, first word. First words out of your mouth are, give me my money. But when you go into a bank with that energy, tellers put their hands up. They're like, I'd be like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. No, no, I legally, I have a card, I have an account here and everything. Needless to say, I was smiling for the rest of the meeting, didn't want to. I say, look, man, it's costing me a fortune to lose all this money. Um, what gives? And the guy says to me, I'll never forget what he said. He's like, look, Chris, a lot of stuff happened over the course of these last two years to spook the market. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are we talking about a Pomeranian? I don't understand. This is the market. This is the stock market. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, a lot of stuff happened to spook the market. You know, uh, when Trump was elected, it spooked the market. And I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then he's like, oh, yeah, Omicron and Delta, that spooked the market. And I'm like, ah, yeah, Delta, that was an airline in my mind again. Like, it went back, yeah, that's right, yeah, okay. And then I'm like, well, surely when Biden was elected, and he says, you know what, I'm going to stop you right there. When Biden was elected, it spooked the market. And I'm like, is the market like an elderly white lady in a bad neighborhood? We gotta tame this market. I'm in therapy. Can we do box breathing with this market? I don't understand. This is an anxiety-ridden market. It's a wild stallion, this market, and only Warren Buffett knows how to shoo it into submission. You gotta have money uh, to date. It's illegal, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I'm dating, I like dating, I like, um, I'm using the apps, you know? The apps get a bad rap sometimes, but I like using the apps. I like swiping on the apps. It's like a game, it's a fun game, you know? And I do have to, like, I, I don't discriminate on the apps. I happen to be attracted to women. If you're a woman on those apps, I literally, I go, whoa, and I, whoa, we don't even have to match. I'm just like, whoa, I go to my friends, look at this, look at this, and I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, whoa. And I'm swiping. It's easy, baby, and then when I get the date, Obviously, I play it cool. I pretend like I've seen a woman. I get on the date. I'm so good on the date. So you're a woman, huh? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. No, I'm cool. No, I've met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. For this bit, I do have to let you guys know I'm, I'm, I have to say it out loud. I'm black. Because if you're just listening, it's, it's not apparent. <laughs> so there we go. We get that out of the way. I don't discriminate on the apps, but I have noticed something, and just work with me on this, you're gonna love my observation, you're gonna love it. There's 3% of white women on those apps that do something that's bad, I think. And only I notice, so here's what it is. And you know what, not all of you are bad on it, but statistically, 3%, some of you are here. <laughs> Heed my words! Here's one thing I've noticed. Like, again, I don't, discriminate, I don't discriminate on the apps, but I've noticed there's like 3% of white women that do this thing on the apps where they're posed. In one of their photos on the apps, on these dating apps, one of their photos, they're posed with like, with black or brown children. They're like, they're like, they're taking pictures with them like they're on sabbatical or something, you know? <laughs> Look at the good work that I'm doing. A kiss on the head, you know? It's just very, it's fascinating. I've never matched with these women. Okay, what's that about, huh? Who's that picture for if it's not for me? Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's virtue signaling of the highest degree. I feel like if you have a picture like that on your dating profile, you have to swipe right on every brother that likes you. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? I'm See me after the show. I screenshot them now. I'm going to start selling it as merch. 
White t-shirt with a profile, my favorite one. I'm going to put it right on a t-shirt. My favorite picture is of a woman giving a piggyback ride to an entire Somali village. It's crazy. <laughs> doesn't, swipe, doesn't swipe on me? I don't understand that. I give these women a hard time. They probably just don't want to bring their work home with them, you know? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? I, uh, guys, I'm mad. I'm really mad. I hit a guy with my car and I'm mad about it. I, di I hit a guy with my car. He was in his own car, so everyone calm down. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was such a whole to-do. Oh, my God. I feel like, like there was no damage. I bumped him. I rented a car. I was on the Carrie Expressway. I bumped him. And it was like, he got out. He made a whole thing about it. There was actually no damage. He still was able to send me a bill for $300. It was crazy. Like, I don't understand. Like, okay, so cars don't touch for the most part, right? That's the game. <laughs> when you go to driving school, they say the game is you go from A to B, sometimes C or D, and you don't touch a car. You don't touch another car. So much so, cars don't touch that. When they do touch this guy, he decided to open a can of worms on me. You should be able to touch your car to another car and not have it be a whole big thing. Am I wrong? <laughs> Actually, I wasn't going to do that tonight. It's only my... Anyway, I'm just saying, go vote for the representative that will change that law, you know? I, uh, what's happening to me? I, okay, we, okay, look, this is serious. This is actually serious. We gotta get rid of guns, huh? Hot take, huh? I'm not a gun guy. Yeah, we gotta get rid of guns. And there's no twists. We gotta get rid of guns. I'm like afraid of guns. I'll likely die of gun violence. Okay, I don't know why I laughed through that. Comedy show. We gotta get rid of guns. Enough's enough, you know? Enough's enough. But these gun people, it's gonna take a lot of convincing, I guess, you know? I went to Vegas recently and I shot a gun. And I'm not a gun guy, but now I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be tough to convince these guys to get rid of these things, because it is fun to shoot them. But it's like not into people, like let's stop this, like let's actually stop this. So I think that we, what we have to do is we have to convince gun people that, I don't know, guns wanted to go, like guns wanted to leave. Like that's the only way that they'll think of, that they'll be like, well I guess it's my gun. Like, just, you know, get on side with me. Like, we gotta get, what if guns wanna go, you know? I want gun people to say, wow, so gun, wow, my gun wanted to leave, it's, it, wow. Guns wanted to go, okay, look at that. Guns saved the world by leaving. So my idea is I think we should take every gun and we should melt them down into something useful, you know? Like, I think we should melt every gun into one big gun. Because if you're a gun guy, you're like, okay, I'm listening, okay. Get every gun in the world, melt it down into one big gun. Get every bullet, get every bullet, melt it down into one big bullet. And then as a society, the whole world gets to vote on the last target to shoot. Just to get it out of our system, enough is enough, you know? Come on. I nominate the full moon. We shoot the full moon with our last round. Are you kidding me? If you're a gun guy, you're going to be into baking after that. That's going to be enough. <laughs> I don't trust the moon, guys. I don't trust the moon. It's up there doing the tides. <laughs> it's up there doing periods sometimes. <laughs> we should be the domain 
We should be the kings of our own domains, our own periods, and our own tides, I think. I don't like that the moon's up there doing hospital ER rooms more when it's full. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Like, let's do it. Come on, let's get ready. Let's blast that thing to smithereens. Matter of fact, let's make that last bullet sharp. Wait till the moon and, the, and Mars are aligned and get both of them. Because when Mars is retrograde, I can't seem to send an email that's properly worded, you know? Retrograde, enough of this. Let's, do, let's be the kings of our own planet. Listen, I just want people with guns to put their money where their mouths are. You know what I mean? Well, actually, I want people with guns to put their guns where their mouths are. <laughs> it's a bit dark. Yeah, that's a bit dark. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit dark. Oh, man. Okay, cool. What's happening? I, okay, so, oh, my God. One hell of a pandemic, huh? We had, we had one hell of a pandemic. I say that like we've all been through two or three other pandemics. But what a thing that was. And I do want to talk about this because it's near, it, it, it's important. Um, I went crazy in 2020 when we were having that. I'm sure we all did. I was watching a lot of news. I was watching like three or four hours of news. I'm going to therapy now from that. News is insane. I was watching everything. Every day I was watching either, I was watching everything. CBC, CTV. I, was, I, would, I would watch Lester Holt, Nightly News on NBC. It was incredible. And I guess I bring this up because... They do this thing called puff pieces at the end of news. You know what I mean? Puff pieces. Like, the news is insane. They'll basically spend 90% of it being like, whoa, watch out for the world. Like, whoa, you're going you're gonna to die, the world. But then the rest of that is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. But remember ducks? Ducks. No, remember ducks? They're nice. They're cute. Ah. And I remember I, I saw that news about ducks. I showered that day because of those ducks. You know what I mean? Back in 2020. Puff pieces are insane, man. But I remember, this is why I bring this up. There was one day of 2020 where I think, again, I watched all those news programs and the puff piece was the same. And it was the most insane story I'd ever seen in my life. And I want to know if you guys remember. Apparently in 2020, there was a rash of uh, young men going to uh, long-term care facilities, old folks' homes, and they would get tartened up, they'd get kitted up, and they'd bring the bagpipes with them to serenade the people that lived inside. Do you know what I mean? They got the, so they would stand, they weren't allowed in, and they'd stand out front of these places, and they'd play the bagpipes. And I think that's nice. I actually don't mind the bagpipes. But the bagpipes are a really strong choice of instrument to play to people who are trapped do you remember that time? Remember the time they were, people were dying in large numbers? It was not nice. And frankly, no laughing matter. Why do I bring it up now even? Because it was insane to me. I want you all to picture yourselves in these facilities. All right? Apparently, it happened across the United States and Canada. I want to picture that you're elderly and dying. <laughs> it's 10 a.m. No, 9 a.m. All right? And if you're there, theater of the mind, put yourself there, okay? You guys know the words? I'm like, that's rude. That's rude. And the B-roll that they played on this, on this news even, there's like, there's people dancing, and I'm like, that's fake news. 
I want to show people pulling the shades down. If I was one of these people, I'd be like, excuse me, I'm trying to die up here, please. Thank you very much. Speaking of dying up here, I've been Chris Sanford. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> hey, George. Thank you, George. That is Chris Sandiford, and you can find more of him and his terrific work at chrissandiford.com. And that is our show. My thanks to our sound engineers, Kyle Kudasevich and Roberto Capretta, and a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. My name is Ali Hassan. Thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1 and the free CBC Listen app. We'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.